What's up, guys, and welcome back to your favorite podcast. Hopefully, you're liking the music that I put in front of the episode. It's usually like what pumped me up for the morning. Um, so I just did my Peloton ride, and that was like the song that got me on the bike. So today, we're going to be talking about 12 ways for people to cut back on alcohol or for you to cut back on alcohol. Um, obviously, alcohol consumption has become you know, part of our lifestyle, right? It's kind of embedded into everything. You can't really even watch a show on Netflix anymore without drinking being like so, you know, heavily involved or promoted. So it can definitely be hard, especially when it's something that, you know, relaxes you or something that you enjoy. So I guess to open the episode, I'm definitely not here to bash anybody that drinks, and I'm not saying that not drinking is the best way. I'm just saying that the best way is the way that works for you. That's kind of my vibe. But cutting back really helped me. So I wanted to basically create kind of like a sober curious edition on this podcast where I'll share tips and tricks and stuff like that that really work for me. So here are 12 ways to successfully cut back on alcohol. And, um, I'll probably give you some like bonus ones at the end. So my first tip to you, um, and now this is different for everybody. Um, try taking a break by trying a challenge. Um, so it can be a two week challenge. It can be 30 days. It can be a thousand hours. That's basically how I started. I just was like, you know what? I'd like to wake up on a Saturday and not be hungover. Um, or I just want my weekends back. You know, it kind of started like that. Um, and so to be honest, that's how I kind of kicked off like my whole sober curious movement. I just started with like three days, you know, like I would say, okay, I'm not going to drink for three days or I'm not going to drink for a week or I'm not going out this weekend. And that eventually led to, well, let me see what this whole, you know, dry January thing is. Right. And then I did that. And then I didn't even know about sober um, October, which I guess is another um, challenge that was pretty popular at the time. So I tried that. So anyways, I'm just saying that's kind of how I like got into it um, just by taking breaks and experiencing the benefits. Um, so the next tip I'm going to give you. So that's the first tip. Take a break by trying a challenge and one that speaks to you. And again, it could be three days. It could be a year. I mean, everybody you know, different place, different space. It's all good. Um, the next tip might not work for everybody, but this really worked for me. So number two is no alcohol in the house. Now, when I first started, um, cutting back, I'm only laughing because I'm like, why would I do this to myself? Um, it just makes me laugh. Um, but I intentionally would still keep alcohol in the house to almost like prove to myself that like I could, I had the willpower to not drink alcohol. Does that make sense? Like I would intentionally, it's not even like it was in a cabinet though. Like I would intentionally put, you know, bottles of wine or whatever on my counter. And I don't know why I was like hazing myself. So basically I would have this bottle, nice bottle of wine that like looks great. And I'm like, Hey girl. And like, I'm just like walking by the wine. I want to open it so bad, but I was like trying to challenge myself to like, I don't know what that was about. But anyways, <laughs> once I got past that and I was like, mm, I don't know that that's the best idea. I started to personally kind of like align my environment with, and I think this is kind of where I started to get a little bit of like, um, you know, this idea to not have al alcohol in the house is 
through community and connection and reading books, um, you really, if you want to succeed at something, you want to mirror the environment, right? So you want to make sure that like your environment is setting you up for success. For example, I work remote and I have a home office. So that's actually where I am right now, podcasting. But a designated space to do things will create a certain type of energy. Like when I'm in here, I'm either like studying, reading, learning, um, working, you know, things like that, writing, podcasting. Um, So it was the same thing, almost like, okay, if you're not going to drink alcohol, why are you advertising it in your house? And what is the point of that? You know? So I personally decided, and at the time I actually had a lot of different types of like, um, just because I loved making martinis and stuff, I had a lot of like really, you know, liqueurs and stuff like that to make specialty martinis. So it was actually really hard for me to completely remove the alcohol at first. I basically had to, you know, throw a couple parties and that was that. And I also gave a lot of it away. Um, so if you don't want to throw it away, if you're, you're someone like me where you had a collection and now again, this might not resonate with you. You might be like, Whoa, I'm just trying to cut back. I don't, I'm not trying to like, you know, deplete my, my stash. Um, I just personally found like out of sight, out of mind works best. So in my opinion, if you want to be successful for the 30 days, just put everything in a box and like put it in the garage or put it somewhere where it's like not in your kitchen. It's not near your living room. Um, and the reason I say that is because I know a lot of people have like a station, kind of like a bar setup area type of thing. Like there's a station or there's always a place where you put the alcohol, whether it's in a cabinet or something, I would just say, remove it from its like normal location and put it somewhere else. It's just, it's super helpful. Um, the next thing I'll say that has brought so much, I almost said so much joy, but like, that's true. Um, the reframe app has been amazing. And that's obviously I'm not sponsored. I'm not, um, like promoting it to be like, guys, download my code. It really is like a legit app. And I think when you're trying to do stuff, it's so hard, especially like, I think millennials can probably relate to this. Like, actually I was talking to my friends at work about this. We were talking about, um, like, how do you make friends like in your thirties? Like, you know, you're like kind of like in between, like you, you don't party anymore, but like you don't have kids yet. Like it was just like such a weird, like you're in a weird spot, right? Like how do you like make friends, you know? And what I found for me is like anything that I've ever wanted to do, connecting with like minds has always propelled me forward. So when I wanted to write, write books, I joined like a, a book club, almost like a author's club. And, you know, sharing different ideas and stories and methods like that definitely helped me um, publish three books in three years um, with a fourth one on the way. People are like, where are your kids? I'm like, "Mm, they're my books. Um, (laughs) So the Reframe app is an amazing community for sober curious, for cutting back um, and for people that just want to be sober. So it's like everybody's on there. And that's what I love about it. It's not just like, okay, you can only be in here if you're like sober, you know, it's like, if you want to cut back, cool. And there's a group for that. If you are just curious, cool. There's a group for that. And like, you can be in there and it's all kind of anonymous. Like no one really, I mean, I guess you could put your, your name, but you can keep it anonymous so that you can be honest. And there's so many times. Okay. 
I wish I could log into my phone right now and show and like read some of these to you because there were so many times where I felt so defeated because I would go like 42 days without alcohol or like, you know, two weeks without alcohol. And then I would have like a slip and I would just be so devastated and like upset with myself. And the community really like embraces that and like helps you get back up because they're like, listen, it's okay to fail, you know? And I feel like not only is it great to connect with the community, but it's great to hear other people's stories so that you can be like, oh, okay. It's not just me that, you know, struggles with this. It's, it's other people. So there's a lot of people on that there that, um, are wanting to cut back or wanting to be sober. You know, there's so many people on there that just share their stories and it's so uplifting. And there's so many like little features in there. You basically can track your drinking. Like you would track, um, calories and you put in like, here's how many drinks I had today. And it keeps you accountable because then you could see at the end of the week, like, here's how much I drink. But more importantly, you can type in how much you spend on alcohol. And as you go alcohol free, it actually starts to total up. Like you saved this much money this week and this many calories. So like it keeps you really conscious and focused on the goal in a very healthy and mindful way. So I would say the reframe app is the best app ever. And like, I just love it. I love the community. I love my people on there. Um, the next thing I'm going to say is, and again, this might not work for you. So I'm just giving tips that like really help me cut back. So it totally depends on how much you want to cut back for me, you know, and I think a lot of people can relate to this during the pandemic. I had a lot of rules in place around alcohol to make myself productive and healthy and hit the gym and blah, blah, blah. And once the pandemic hit, I found myself drinking like more than ever. And so that's where this whole I need to cut back came from. And I think that was a lot of people during the pandemic started to like really look at their relationship with alcohol. So um, one of these rules I actually had in place pre-pandemic, so before the pandemic, um, which is don't drink during the work week. Now, I established this probably back in, I want to say like 2014 or 2015. And now this, prior to this, by the way, you know, and I'm in my very early 20s at that point, right? So well, I'm like mid 20s by that point. But early in my career and in my 20s, I mean, I could, and I would do this, I would go out until like two o'clock in the morning, party, hardy, whatever. And then I would get up and I would put a suit on. And I show up to an eight o'clock Saturday meeting, like ready to go, ready to run around in heels and drink a macchiato and like sell all these cars. And like, I'd be like, what are the spiffs for today? Like, so I used to be able to just party like crazy and wake up and just perform the next day. But as I headed into like my later twenties, so I was probably like 25, um, when I started my first like marketing management job. So when I was 25, yeah, like 25, 26, I started realizing like, mm, I don't recover so well. And being at work hungover is not a vibe, like, especially when you're like the new person. So I just put this rule in place that like, I cannot drink during the work week. And that's what I did. I did not drink Sunday through Thursday. And now again, that might not be for everybody, depending on again, what you're trying to do, how much you drink, whatever. Um, but for me, that is like a major thing. I just 
believe in showing up for work. And I've always been that type of person. I've always had that work ethic like instilled in me. And I just think I was also like just born kind of a workaholic, if I'm being honest. So working is like way more important to me than partying. It always has been just always been that person. Even when I was real, real like young, I mean, young, I always had a job like since I was 13, I was always a hustler. So like working was way more important. So it's totally dependent on your job and your lifestyle. And like, trust me, I work remote. I could easily, if I wanted to drink during the work week, because I could sleep in and it wouldn't impact me. But I really believe that the mental benefits of removing alcohol has pushed my productivity to another level and my clarity and my focus, my ability to handle stress. Like it's so much more than just like, oh, I, I, you know, I don't want to drink during the work week. It's really more about how I feel. And I like to get up and wake up early and go to the gym before I, you know, I like to work on myself before I work for anybody else. And so that's what I do. I get up and I go to the gym and I write and I get things done that, that fulfill my soul before I start work. And like, that's how I like to live my life. So in order to do that, I needed my mornings back. So that's actually going to be, well, I guess that's a benefit, but, um, one of the best things that I ever did is I stopped drinking during the work week because I got my mornings back. I, I mean, I was up, you know, 6am, like, you know, ready to go and no alarm clock. So I think that was huge for me because I am such like a, you know, sleeping beauty. I love my sleep. I can't nap though. You know what I mean? Like there's so many people that can nap and I just feel like what, what is your secret? So anyways, um, Another tip I would say is don't drink back to back. This helps with binges. And again, like take what resonates. I'm just going to go through this list as fast as possible. Um, but don't drink back to back. So like, let's say you're like, okay, I'm not going to drink like Sunday through Thursday. What I would do is like, if I went out with friends on a Friday night or on a Saturday night, I was not going to drink the next day. Um, so that was like one of the things that would help with what I consider binges, right? Because binging to me is like anything more than three drinks. I think it is for women, anything more than two or three drinks is technically a binge. Um, which means that you're, you're just consuming more than like what is considered moderate. And that's what happens when you go out with friends. Like you do exceed two drinks and that's okay, but you definitely don't want to get in the habit of going back to back like that. Um, and just being mindful of like, okay, I drank, like the way, the best way to explain it is this, compare it to food, right? You go out, you have a ton of pizza, like you're not going to feel bad about it. You're just going to get back on track the next day. And that's kind of how I viewed that. Like, it's okay to have fun. It's okay to have like work-life balance type of thing. Um, but I'm just not going to like get into this habit of like being in like hangover city. You know what I mean? I just didn't want to trash my whole weekend. So I'm like, it's okay if I go out on a Friday or a Saturday or something like that. But the next day, like I'm getting back to the grind. So that really was helpful for me is like, don't drink back to back again, might not work for everybody, but that's my vibe. Um, oh, so this is a good one. <laughs> work out the day after drinking. So you might be like, there's no way I could work out after a day of drinking. This is something I like 
it kind of was a form of punishment. I'm going to be honest with you. I set this for myself as a form of punishment because I essentially was saying like, you know, we need to stay within our limit because we have a planned workout tomorrow. And I don't want to say it was a form of punishment. It was like more of just motivating me to drink less when I did drink, if that makes sense, because I knew I had a workout or a commitment and I never break my commitments. Like if I tell myself like, you're going to the gym in the morning. I don't care how much, like what happened. If you didn't sleep, if you have anxiety, what, whatever you're going, you know, like that's kind of how I talk to myself. So anyways, I would be like, you're working out, like you're working out tomorrow. So enjoy these drinks. And if you wake up feeling like shit and you feel like you're going to throw up, then that's is what it is. Like you've got to work out. And I know it might be bad advice. So I am saying like, use your brain. I mean, if you wake up, and you're violently ill, like don't make yourself do push-ups. but it can be anything from a walk to the gym, you know, work out at home, do some yoga, but like do something for your body, move your body. It's, it's definitely going to connect you mind body connection where you're going to start to like, think about some shit, you know, you're going to be like, Hmm, were those margaritas worth it last night? You know, was that two bottles of wine worth it last night? And you're, most likely going to say no. And so for me, this was like training my brain to be like, this is not worth it. It's actually pushing me like five steps back when I eat well all week and I am hitting the gym and I'm feeling great. And then I drink and then I try to work out the next day and I just feel so bloated. And like, you know, so I really started to train my brain that like alcohol does not serve you. Alcohol does not serve you. So that's kind of why I created that action in order to kind of train my brain. And, and that's what happened is my body and my brain started to associate alcohol with shitty mornings and shitty workouts. <laughs> like the second I see alcohol, like even to this day, like as far as moderation was always a struggle for me, like moderation was always a struggle. And I think that's a lot of people, a lot of people don't want to admit it, but they are not drinking moderately. They're drinking three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And listen, I'm not judging you because on average, when I first plugged in um, my drinks into the reframe app, my average like drink consumption, like when I did drink and go out was like nine drinks. And I was blown away, blown away. Now it does tally it up through the week and gives you like an average. Um, So it wasn't like every single time I had drink, I had nine drinks. So it was like, you know, one time I had like a drink and then I had like three drinks and then, you know, you go out one night. So anyways, it averages it out, but still that's a high average. And it will actually show you facts, which I love like health facts as you continue to not. Now this is basically a promotion for (laughs) reframe app, but it basically shows you all these health benefits, like the longer you go without drinking too, which I love. Um, But yeah, the, the best thing that I ever did is I'm telling you download that app because it keeps you so accountable. And listen, I know it's not easy to cut back. Um, but most of us are not drinking in moderation. So when you train your brain to start to like associate like over drinking or what I consider binge drinking with a shitty morning or a shitty workout, it absolutely will help you moderate more. So if you're looking to cut back, um, that's a great thing to do is like plan something that the next day. So like maybe you're going to go for a hike or maybe you're going to 
why would you do that to yourself though? But maybe you're going to go for a hike. Maybe you're going for a walk. Maybe you're going to the farmer's market. Maybe you have lunch plans. Like I'm saying plan something the next day. It will absolutely keep you accountable. Like my drinking, um, went from like, on average, you drink nine drinks, like whatever. Um, and the robot voice on average. (laughs) Um, so it went from nine down to three. So that's what I'm trying to share with you too, is like that app is so essential because it kept me so mindful. And by the way, it wasn't like a quick, like it went from nine to three. It was like, took me like three years. So like pump the brakes. Um, the next thing I'm going to say is stock up on mocktails and alcohol-free options. Great, 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 great tip. Um, I really wish I did this sooner. When I first quit, I think I was kind of in this weird, like, because you do romanticize alcohol. I mean, it is such a big part of your life and you do use it to relax and you do use it when you're stressed out. You feel like, oh, you know, so I started stocking up with like mocktails, alcohol-free options and testing out. Honestly, (laughs) I will be your guinea pig. So if you have any questions, you can go to my blog, chelseaswiftblog.com, like a little form pops up and you can just ask me anything in there. Um, before you buy a mocktail because some of them are awful and some of them are amazing. And like, I've tried all of them. Um, I'm not kidding. I just went and started testing it out. And it's funny cause I still go to, um, total wine carries a lot of non-alcoholic, um, wines, non-alcoholic. And by the way, there's like two different types. There's non-alcoholic, um, beers and stuff that still have a little bit of alcohol. And then there's like completely like de-alcohol, like, what is it? De-alcohol. I think it's de-alcoholized or something like that. But anyways, they have different versions. So definitely check that out if you're kind of sensitive to like, well, if I have a non-alcoholic wine and technically still has a little bit of like alcohol in it. So just be mindful of that because a lot of what I'm saying is a lot of products that promote themselves as a non-alcoholic option actually have still like, I think it's like under 5% or something like that. But still, if you're trying to cut back, um, totally up to you, but just be mindful of that. But anyways, I went into, um, total wine, which was not a trigger for me. So if you are cutting back, that might be a major trigger for you. So probably better to order it online. Um, but I personally went in there and I got all these cool mocktail drinks. Um, whole foods has so many amazing, options for, you know, alcohol free. There's like golden thread. I love it. The lavender one. Oh my God. And then recess. I love the peach ginger and I love the strawberry rosé. Um, I'm trying to think what else like kombuchas are like my shit. Like I drink kombucha all the time, like probably more than I, than I should, but I always have a little bit of kombucha like in my beautiful, like Mediterranean blue, (laughs) martini glass. So I still, I still, and I think this is important and and it might not resonate with anybody. Um, and maybe it will, I don't know. I still use my wine glasses. I still use my martini glasses, all my nice glasses. I still drink out of them. Like I literally like will shake my espresso in a mixer and pour it into a martini glass. It actually kind of funny. I posted it on my Facebook one day. It was like 10, I don't know, maybe nine, 10 o'clock in the morning. And I, I posted a picture because it just was pretty. And I was like, oh, that looks pretty. So I took a picture and 
made a caption about like, you know, love, like having the mornings to myself, like something about mornings. I don't know. I was joking around. And, um, my, the owner of the agency that I work for, like messaged me and she's like, um, (laughs) she's like, are you drinking? Like, she didn't ask me if I was drinking, but she was like, I saw your uh, martini on your Facebook. And I was like, oh my God. I like had to explain to her that like, I go, I can't explain this with science, but what you put your coffee, the cup you put your coffee in matters. And she just started laughing. I was like, I was like, yeah, no, it's like a whole thing. Like I use a mixer, like it's, it's a process. And she's like, oh my God, no, I love that. So it was just a funny moment though, that she was like, um, (laughs) hopefully this girl is not work, you know, working at 10 AM and drinking and posting it on Facebook, like a little weird, but anyways, um, that's me. If you're wondering what it's like to work with me anyways. So the next thing I was going to say, oh, and whole foods, I mean, Trader Joe's every market basket, market basket too. I mean, anywhere you want to go, seltzers are like amazing. I like the Waterloo. They also have the hop waters. I love the hop lark. They're so good. The chamomile one is my favorite. Um, honestly, I was never a beer drinker, but it kind of reminds me of like a hoppy beer, but there's nothing in it, but tea and in like hops, like citrus hops. So it's like a sparkling, like tea. I just, I love it. Um, so that's hop, hop lark. And I would just say stock up on mocktails and alcohol-free options because having that in your fridge, again, you're creating this environment, you're creating this new um, atmosphere for yourself to succeed. So even if you're just doing it for two weeks or 30 days, doing that really helps. Um, the next thing I'm going to say is write down triggers and create a plan that supports your goals. So this was major for me. Like (laughs) I recently went to Florida and I was so scared to get on the plane and you're like, Oh my God, you're afraid afraid of flying. No, I love flying. I want to drive the plane. Like I, I love it. I walk right in and I love, I immediately say hi to the pilot. I'm not even supposed to do that, but I just peek my head in. I'm like, Hey, like, what's up? Like as if he's going to let me drive, it's fine. Um, no, I love flying. Absolutely love it. But what did I used to do on the plane? Show of hands. Everybody knows where I'm going with this. Um, my favorite part of the plane was to order two um, Savion Blancs. Okay. Put them in, and get a glass with ice and a ginger ale. And then ask for, so I'd get two Savion Blancs. I would ask for one ginger ale cup of ice and, um, two packets of Cheez-Its and like Ryan would be like passed out taking a nap next to me. So I would like make it look like I'm ordering for him, but really they were for me. And then I would put my headphones on and lean my seat back. And like, I always brought like an over, anytime I travel, I'm always in, um, almost like an oversized sweatshirt. It literally doesn't matter where I go because at any moment I can just turn it into a blanket. So I literally get all cozy, all snuggy. Um, and I just watch my movie and I drink my two wines and you're like, Chelsea, you're supposed to help us cut back, but listen. So I get all snuggy and I pour a little bit of the Savion and a little bit of the ginger ale. I get nice and relaxed. So by the time the movie's over and I'm off the plane, I'm nice and relaxed. I'm ready for a vacation. Like that's how I would kick off. Like anywhere I would be 
like going basically. I mean, even if it was like a work trip, I'd be like two Savions and uh, some Cheez-Its. So write down your triggers and create a plan that supports your goals. We recently went to Florida and I was absolutely terrified. I'm like, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. I'm going to get on the plane. It's so habitual. It's like this thing that I've just been doing for years. Like, how is this, you know, how am I going to do this? I was so nervous. So I wrote it down. I wrote down my triggers, like what's going to trigger me. And I thought about seeing other people drink and I was like, okay. So I wrote down a plan. I was going to bring my alcohol free book, which reminded me that I was on the right path. Um, my favorite one is Alan Carr, um, the easy way to stop drinking. It's amazing. So I brought that book (laughs) as a reminder and, um, I decided I'm going to order a coffee and a ginger ale just because at the time coffee was really helping me. I don't know what it was about the coffee, but I felt like my energy was kind of like low. I don't know. So coffee was like a good substitute. Obviously you don't want to like over caffeinate yourself, but I just was like, okay, I'm going to get a coffee and I'm, I'm going to order a ginger ale with the ice and, um, just do that. So that's what I did. I wrote down my triggers. And from there I got on the plane. I sat down People were ordering drinks, whatever. And I shockingly was not triggered by that. Then, you know, I wrote out a whole plan, by the way, like for the whole vacation, like, you know, going up to the bar, was that going to trigger me? Like, you know, certain things, being out to dinner, looking at the cool drinks, is that going to trigger me? So I wrote down action plans, like, okay, when I see the menu and it looks like a cool drink, I'm just going to see if they can make a mocktail. And you would be so surprised how like bartenders respond. They actually get excited to like make you like a mocktail. It was never like that before, especially when I bartended back in the day, somebody wanted a mocktail. I'm like, what the fuck? Just drink alcohol. Like I was the worst. I really was. I was the worst, but we've grown, we've changed. We're working on it. Let's go. So when I was a bartender and they'd ask me for a mocktail, I'm like, I would be so tempted to just like spike it. But anyways, spike it with a little alcohol. Oh my God. Like, let's clarify. So, but it would be like so annoying. Like I went, can you make sure you like, don't use the mixer and I want a mojito, but like without alcohol. And now that's, that's me. I'm that girl. That's like, please don't use a shaker that you used with alcohol, please. And I tell people I'm allergic. So now I'm that loser. I'm just kidding. So let's get into it. Um, we, so on this Florida trip, I mean, people were just like so nice and like made me mocktails and like it kept me on track. I was getting this like ginger mule. It was so good. It had like a blueberry syrup, like obviously calorie wise, probably not great, but who cares? You're on vacation. I wanted a cute drink and like, I would just get those the whole time. And it basically was like, you know, like a a ginger mule without like the vodka or rum or however they make it. So I would just say write down like an action plan. And then we actually ended up, we needed waters, I think. So we were stopping at a store and (laughs) we had to stop at a liquor store because um, that's what was across the street. And I'm like, well, they definitely have waters in there. And so we go in and I found, I was so excited. I found sugar-free like ginger beers and I found like Alania new energy drinks. I'm like, this is the best liquor store I've ever been in. Like, And I'm not even kidding. So they had so many options, like so many mocktails. So that's why I kind of brought that up as like, 
don't go in if it's a trigger for you. But like now what I'm noticing, because this is in Florida and I live in Massachusetts, so they also do this up here, but I'm noticing like mocktails are huge. Like you can just go into the store, like an actual liquor, liquor store, depending on the type and the quality and they will have options. So it's pretty cool. Um, so we ended up stopping by and I, we just were getting waters and I was like, so happy. And then I had, um, I asked the front desk for, um, two champagne glasses. Um, and they were like, Oh, sh should we send champagne up? And I was like, no, no, sorry. Oh my God. I'm, and I like responded so crazy and they like looked at me and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm allergic. And they were like, Oh, okay. I'm like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to put like my water in it. And they're like, okay. So I was putting my ginger beer in the champagne glass again, like what you put your drink in matters and like life is too short to not have a fun glass. So that's what I was drinking. And I w was like so happy with that. And I was waking up truly refreshed. Like, you know, when you go on a vacation, you come back and you're like, I need a vacation from the vacation because I was basically like drinking back to back hungover slash doing the hair of the dog thing. Well, that was me when we were in Aruba. I was definitely like, whatever, I'm just going to have drinks. I'm on my honeymoon, but I, f I was so burnt out. I felt like shit. And then I get back to work and I had gotten COVID. So I was like, this is the worst like, like experience in my life. So when we went to Florida, I was like, I am not drinking at all. I want this to be like a really good, restful, restorative vacation. And honestly, let me tell you right now, if I can do it, you can do it. And I'm not going to say I didn't have triggers because we were on the beach and there was like this group of girls and they were clearly like getting married, which we ended up watching like the cere ceremony from our balcony, which was like amazing. Um, and Ryan was judging the guy's vows, which was really funny. But anyways, <laughs> he's like, that's, that sucks. Like he didn't say that. Like he didn't yell it down, but he was just being funny. Um, cause obviously no one can beat Ryan's vows to me. And they, if you were there, you know, um, so yeah, then um, I was listening to these girls. I'm on the beach and I didn't plan for this trigger. All of a sudden I hear them say something like, how many drinks are you in? And she's like, oh, three. And she's like, you're only on three. You better catch up. Like, so it was just a group of girls having fun, getting rowdy on the beach. And it just triggered me. I don't even know why, but it was just, I'm such a social person. I think that's why it triggered me because like normally I would probably like go over there and like hang out with them and drink and like talk to them and like be like, where are you guys from? Like, you know, but I just felt like awkward because I wasn't drinking. So I felt like I couldn't go over there and Ryan's like, Hey, you want to go for a walk? And I'm like, I just need to read my book. So that was like my saving grace was bringing, um, my little sobriety book. So I don't even call it like, I shouldn't call it a, so a sobriety book, but I mean, I guess it is. So my next tip for you um, is pick up some sober books. Some of the ones that I really enjoyed, obviously, Alan Carr is the boss um, of sobriety, but also like all addiction books. So if you need to quit smoking, if you need to quit overeating, if you need to quit drinking, like he's got a book for it. So it's Alan Carr, um, two R's at the end. And yeah. He's the best. The other one I would say is like, um, quit like a woman is pretty good. Um, and then there's another one. I think it's called like, um, 
the joyful something about oh my god like i could kind of see it on my bookshelf from here but i can't like see the title mm. oh it's the unexpected joys of being sober that one is actually really good to keep by your bedside to kind of remind you like because she just goes through like all these crazy um stories and basically like all these like benefits she's experienced since and so like you'll be able to re relate to some of those stories and get excited about like, Hey, these are the health benefits that are coming. And then quit like a woman kind of goes into, again, it's similar to the unexpected joys of being sober. Um, but that book kind of goes into like, you know, not just her story, but also like the brainwashing in society and things like that. Um, but Alan Carr just takes the cake. I mean, and I've read them all too, like the naked mind. I personally was not a fan. Um, I have the book on my bookshelf. If someone wants it, but I wasn't a fan because I felt like it was a knockoff of Alan Carr's work. And so I was like, not feeling that. Um, and I've read a bunch of other ones. Oh, there's a great one by Jack Canfield. It's um, the 30 day solution, how to get sober from the comfort of your own home. And they have this whole like interactive thing. So like you can go online, for example, and um, like do these um, practices every day. So that's a great book. Actually, if you just want to do like a 30 day challenge and you're finding it really challenging, that would be the book for you. So the 30 day solution, um, but it is aimed at breaking you free from alcohol. So if you're not, you know, if you don't want to be like alcohol free, you just want to cut back, maybe pick up a different book. Um, but I find reading about the subject that you're, um, trying to, make a reality or bring into your life and lifestyle. Like if you're working on your emotions, like my bookshelf is so funny. Like you can tell the phases I went through. Um, you want to read about it. If you're working on your mindset, you want to, you want to read about it. If you're working on your health, you want to read about it, you know? So if you're working on your spirit, you want to read about it. So same thing with like cutting back, um, lots of great resources out there. I follow a lot actually on TikTok. I follow a lot of like sober curious type of, you know, accounts because that's also helpful in like curating like your feed to promote things that you like. And I, if I ever get an ad for alcohol or anything like that pops up, I just take it off my feed because it's, I'm letting the algorithm know that that's not something that I want to experience as a user on this platform. So I would say curating, you know, like what is actually being quote unquote served to you is really important to make sure it's serving you. And that is the quote for today. So let's get into the next tip here, which is bring a cooler with non-alcoholic. Uh, can I talk today? Bring a cooler with non-alcoholic options to parties. So honestly, I started doing this when I first wanted to, it, when I first, first wanted to try, I think I was doing like a hundred day challenge. That's what it was. It was last summer. And I went to my friend's party and I was literally like, Oh my God. Like I had so much anxiety. I was like, people are going to know that I'm not drinking. And like, you know, you just like get in your fucking head about it. And so I was drinking these like liquid, it's called, what is it called? Liquid death cans and they legit look like like a tall boy beer or whatever and nobody noticed nobody noticed nobody noticed i was drinking recess nobody noticed nobody noticed 
And so that's my best advice to you is like, if you want to cut back on drinking, your fears around that are your fears. It's truly not anybody else. Let me tell you, most people are so fucking consumed with themselves that they don't notice you. But I would, and especially after they have like their first drink, second drink, by the time they've hit their third drink, honey, they ain't looking at you. So I'm just saying like, I was so paranoid being like, I'm going to be the freaking loser at the party with the non-alcoholic cooler. And like, I'm not cool. And I was fucking cool because people were asking me about my drinks and I was like, oh, this is this, this is this. And then people wanted to try them. So yeah, it's actually pretty cool. And I would say just bring like your non-alcoholic options. And another tip for you, um, have a set number of drinks you plan to drink and then switch to a mocktail. I've done this so many times. So like, for example, say you go to a party and you're like, you know what? I'm not going to drink. You bring your little cooler. And then you decide, you're like, you know what? I'm going to have one beer or I'm going to have two beers and then I'm going to switch to a mocktail. That has worked so many times for me because what happens is you catch a buzz and for the most part for drinkers, like they chase that buzz all night. So if you catch a buzz and you drink like a relaxing like mocktail, like recess is probably one of my favorites. It's like a CBD drink. If you drink like a relaxing, oh, what's the other one? Um, I think it's. I'll have to look it up. It's, um, I think it's like called Vita tea and it's a kombucha and it says peach out, but, and they have another one that's like a blueberry one. Those are surprisingly like, they really do relax you. I was like pretty like, Oh, okay. So anyways, I'm saying if you drink that right after you kind of buzzing, like you really don't know the difference, like in your brain for the most part is always trying to like chase the dragon type of thing, which I don't even know why I'm saying that, but it's like a chase the dragon. Like you're trying to constantly chase that feeling of like, you know, getting buzz, getting buzz, getting buzz. So that's why it's good to like set a number of drinks. Again, this might not work for you. Maybe you have to completely go mocktail or nothing at all. Um, or even switching to water. I have a friend that drinks a glass of water in between every single drink so that she doesn't get hungover. Um, so, I mean, do what works for you. But I find if I set an amount and I say, okay, I'm going to have three drinks and then switch to a mocktail, um, that has worked for me immensely. And then I was going to say, have a set day that you drink. Okay. So this might not apply to everybody. We kind of touched on this when I was talking about like, how I personally don't drink like during the work week. That was always a boundary for me. Um, so what I was going to say is have a set day that you drink. So maybe it's Friday night, maybe it's Saturday night, but if you want to cut back and you find that like you're drinking four nights out of the whole week and you want to cut it down to like one night or something like that, just say, okay, I'm just going to drink on Friday or I'm just going to drink on Saturday. Um, but again, having things to look forward to the next day and planning things will also help you cut back on the amount of alcohol that you'll actually consume. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. So dun, 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 dun. I would say the last tip is to listen to recovery stories or motivational stories to help you stick with it. Or like somebody that has actually succeeded in, you know, going long periods of time without drinking and can share the benefits with you. So I think that's probably 
what our next episode will be about. I, I know I've done it before as far as like listing out benefits and what you have to look forward to. Um, so I'll do that next time. I'll, I'll definitely, um, plan to share like maybe like top 10 benefits you experience once you stop drinking, because a lot of people ask me about that. Like, will I lose weight? Will I do this? And it's only funny because it's like, that's a hundred percent how I was in the beginning. I was like, you know, I need to, um, you know, cut back and, um, you know, I like for me personally, it was like really challenging at that time to cut back and, um, you know, it might not apply to everybody, but that's basically, you know, what worked for me. So I realized for myself, like I, and I was totally like the same way. I just was like doing it to like lose weight. And like, I feel like that's how it starts, right? Like that's why you start going to the gym because you want to lose weight. And then you keep going because of all the other benefits. It's like, you feel better. It's not just about a look anymore. It's part of your routine. You have more clarity, right? And so that's kind of my advice with the alcohol thing. Like, of course you're going to lose weight, but you're going to gain so much more like mental clarity. And there's just so many other benefits that I can think about that are just totally worth it aside from the weight loss. But yes, like within the first, and we all notice this too, like you, you know, you drink and then you don't drink for like four days on that fourth day, your face finally like flattens out a bit. Um, which is why I try to help people like, you know, don't drink back to back and consecutively because that's what really will like bloat you at least like in your face or make you feel like super lethargic and things like that. So anyways, hopefully I helped you and hopefully you plan on cutting back. Um, and yeah, there's no shame. There's no guilt. There's no fear. This is like the last thing I will leave you with. Um, it's a work in progress. It is not easy. Um, I would consider myself more like sober curious. I kind of fall into like the California sober type of vibe, but I'm not like, I don't have any rules around it. It's not like, okay, my goal is to be sober for 20 years. My goal is no, I just, I really wanted to cut back for my health. I've done that, you know, successfully. If I want to have a drink, I will, but for the most part, I don't. Um, so I just feel like it doesn't fit with my lifestyle, but at the same time, if I want to have a drink, I don't hold myself back and I'm not going to make a rule around that. So just keep that in mind as you cut back, because what I learned, especially in the beginning is I had a lot of guilt and fear and shame that I needed to release in general, like as a person. And I feel like we get like that, like what is, you know, society, you know, expects us to behave like this or expect expects us to run our career path like this or, you know, and it's usually the expectation of the people around you or society or what they consider normal that provides this like fear and guilt and shame because you want to fit in. So, and it's funny, I was actually just like, um, saying this the other day, I'm like, someone asked me like, why are you always happy? Like, kind of like, Cause I'm always like, happy Tuesday, happy Wednesday. You know, people are like, are you really that happy? It's like, yeah, I am. Cause I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. Like if you don't give a fuck, you'll be happy. So what I'm trying to tell you, and I guess share with you is like a big part of that is releasing that guilt and fear and shame of like being judged. 
And that's what I had to let go of. Like, if I want to cut back on alcohol, I'm going to cut back. Like, that's not going to make me more or less or better or worse. I'm just doing something that I want to do. It doesn't have to be fucking cool or popular. And it doesn't have to serve everybody. It just has to serve me in my life. So you do what works for you. And honestly, there's no shame and guilt and fear in starting over. And that's really where, where, you know, what I wanted to share to end this is like, I personally had so many times <laughs> that I have started over. And I mean, countless times, like I can just go through my reframe app and every time I had like a slip or whatever, it didn't stay on track. I would like confess, you know, to my friends in there and they immediately all jump in to help. And that's why I love that app so much, but they jump in with, you know, don't worry, like words of encouragement, like, don't worry about it. Everybody fails. Like they'll even share like their failing stories, which like makes you feel better. But the whole point is the most successful people are also the people that fail a lot. So if you want to get great at something like cutting back on alcohol, yeah, you're going to fail. So that's, of course, I want to be positive and I want to be motivational, but I'm also a real human being. And I just think that if you know that going into it, which I didn't, I didn't know that nobody shared that with me. Like, you're going to fucking fail. Like nobody told me that. I was like, I'm going to do it. And everyone's like, yeah, you can do it. And then I failed so many times and it was so embarrassing. And I, I truly felt like I was confessing a sin and everyone's like, stop beating yourself up. Like, like one guy told me on this app, he goes, he goes, I was sober for 12 years and then went on like a fucking bender. And, and now I've been sober for like, I think it's been like 20 years or something like that. So he's like an older guy, whatever. Um, but he, he was like, like he has experience with this. Right. So like, if that person is not judging me, why am I judging myself? Right. So that's what I wanted to leave you with is like, there's no fear, guilt, shame, there's no right, wrong way. You just got to do it your own way and don't be afraid to fall down. Just get back up and move forward. I think that's like the biggest thing I can leave you with. And that's with anything that's including like, Hey, I want to start working out and you start working out and you miss a day. So you're like, Oh, I've got to start over. No, you don't just keep going, keep going. That is the main point. If you mess up, keep going. And I can't tell you how many times I have tried and failed at so many different things. Um, but especially with cutting back, I can't tell you enough. So guys, I hope you really enjoyed this podcast. This is something that is obviously like near and dear to my heart. And, um, it's a journey that I am on. So I figured I would share it with you. Um, it has not been a straight line at all. Um, I'm not sober. So I got that question a lot. Like, are you a sober person? No, I don't feel like I fit in that category because again, I'm still learning. I'm still, I'm like a little infant. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not like 20 years sober. I'm more like sober curious, more about being mindful, being aware, cutting back, um, to one for your health, but two, to achieve what you want to achieve. Cause that's the other thing that I noticed is in this, in this three years that I've cut back, I've done more, been able to do more while, while going through this like mental health issue, which is like a whole topic for another day. But like that pandemic, bro, fuck.
fucked me up. Like absolutely fucked me up. But that's a podcast for another day. And I had so much anxiety, so much depression, PTSD. It was leading to agoraphobia, which is like pretty fucking crazy when I say that out loud. Um, And then I just, you know, decided like, hey, I've got to clean it up. And that's honestly, when I started to cut back on alcohol, that is when I started seeing the most benefits. And like, don't get me wrong, cutting back on alcohol or removing it is not going to, it's not going to fix your anxiety or depression. I know I hate to tell you that or um, panic attacks or PTSD or anything like that. You're still going to have to do the work. You're still going to have to go to therapy. You're still going to have to read the books. You're still going to have to cry. You're still going to have to do all that. But what, what, by removing the alcohol, you can actually deal with some shit. You know what I mean? And the more that you do that, the stronger you get. So if I can leave you with anything, it's a hundred percent worth it. If anything to make yourself a better version of yourself, you know, everyone's like, be a better version of yourself. And it's like, well, there's habits that I'm sure you don't love. And the first step is really acknowledging like, Hey, I don't love that. I binge drink every weekend. I don't love that. I drink every day. Like, I don't love that about myself. So maybe cutting back would be helpful. And like, honestly, it's been one of the best things that I've ever done in my life. Um, and again, I'm not here to be like a sober coach. So like, let me get that clear. <laughs> I am just here as a normal person sharing my experiences, take what resonates, love you so much. And yeah, I'll see you on the next pod.